As we continue in the Lord's Prayer, Matthew 6.10 are the second and third petitions, and this is God's Word. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Now here is something that every one of us inherently know about life. You know this. Somebody's will is going to be done. Somebody's kingdom is going to come. But whose? Uh, Will it be yours? And you'll make sure of that. Uh, Will it be a friend's? And their influence in your life? Will it be a spouse's? Will it be a co-worker? You know, power vacuums just scream to be filled. And they will be filled every single time. And it's just so much better when it's God's will that is done. And it's God's kingdom that comes. That's what petition numbers two and three in the Lord's Prayer are about. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. But the question that needs to be asked before we even kind of get into the meaning of this is this. What is God's kingdom? And what should it look like when the kingdom comes? Well, the definition of the kingdom here in this passage is simply where someone has the power to control and shape things the way they want it to be. It, it, is, it is an influence. It is a rule. It is a dominion where someone has the power to shape and make things the way they want it to be. You know, in the old-fashioned kingdoms, you know, like with kings and queens and dukes and earls and all these other things, uh, the king had the power to shape things the way he wanted them to be within his realm, right? Or his dominion. Now I said somebody's will is going to happen and somebody's kingdom is going to come. And I, I think we kind of get this. Even in small ways, you, you have your own little personal kingdoms where you get to set things up just the way you want them to be. I remember not long ago somebody talking about how irritated they were uh, when their son would borrow their car. And they get in their car after their son borrowed the car and the, the seat positions would be all in the wrong place and the temperature would be set on the, the wrong temperature and the radio would be on the wrong station and the volume would be way too loud and the tilt steering wheel wasn't tilted the way that it was supposed to be. And you, you know, you just want to say to your son, Hey, that's my kingdom. That don't mess with my car kingdom. It's not the way I set it up to be anymore, and that doesn't make me happy. The kingdom of God is where the rule of God has come into the hearts of people, and they begin to act out in their lives in ways that God wants us to, and through those people, this kingdom grows. It's God having his way through his people. And we're going to find that that's an ongoing prayer right there. 
When Jesus Christ came, there were so many firsts. But one of them, and really John the Baptist said it right before he did because he was announcing Jesus. But one of the most important things Jesus said and the primary subject of his teaching in his earthly ministry was this. The kingdom of God is at hand. Meaning the kingdom of God has broken in through me. The kingdom of God is is now. And what I want us to learn from the Lord's Prayer in these these two petitions are, are two things that we can do. We can pray the kingdom and we can live the kingdom. We can pray the kingdom and we can live the kingdom. So Jesus says, pray like this, your kingdom come. This series is called the most dangerous prayer in the world. And what we mean by that is the most dangerous prayer for the kingdom of darkness And the reason this is the most dangerous prayer in the world is exactly what we're talking about today. And that is that it is inherently God-centered. And it looks to God's power to work. It looks for God's kingdom to come rather than our own. And that is powerful in destroying the kingdom of Satan. You know, Jesus said that he came to destroy the works of the devil as well as the kingdom of God is here right now. One of the disciples Ask in Luke's rendition of of the uh, Lord's Prayer, Lord, teach us to pray like John taught his disciples to pray. And and then we, we hear these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then the idea is Jesus, who announced the kingdom is here, told us to pray for the kingdom to come. So the kingdom is here, but the kingdom is not fully here, right? There's more kingdom that needs to come. George Eldon Ladd, in his really groundbreaking book, The Gospel of the Kingdom, put it this way. He said, the kingdom of, of God has come but not with irresistible power. You know, one day the kingdom of God is going to come in an utterly unstoppable way. John the Baptist talked about this. John the Baptist talked about how one is coming and he has his, his winnowing fork and his sickle and, and he, will, he will gather up his wheat in the barn and he will burn the, the, the chaff with unquenchable fire. It's, it's what the Old Testament people called the great and terrible day of the Lord. Great for God's people because they will all be gathered together and, and the kingdom of David and the Messiah will rule in peace and wonder and joy, etc. But terrible for people that do not know him uh, because of, of the judgment that is coming. What Jesus is saying had never been said before. You see, it always was the, when the kingdom of God comes, one day the, you know, the, the Babylonians will be dealt with or the Syrians will be dealt with or whoever will be dealt One day God's going to come with unstoppable power. But Jesus says this, the kingdom of God is broken in now. It's the same kingdom. It's, it's made of the same stuff as that overwhelming, powerful kingdom that that god the savior will bring in his second coming 
But what Jesus is saying, everything you expected in the end is kind of coming in the middle of history. It's coming now. You understand, this really is the kingdom of God that is coming on earth through Jesus. And we don't have to wait until the end of time. To use uh, D-Day, World War II theology uh, terminology, the kingdom of God has hit the beaches. It has landed in Jesus and it is now spreading through his church. And one day it will take over everything. People call the kingdom of God the now and the not yet. And, and, And the kingdom is now. But you know, look at the world around you. Poverty's here now. Cancer is here now. AIDS is here now, and especially in Africa. And terrorism is here now. And domestic violence is here now. And bitter hatred is here now. And, and injustice of all kind is here now. And, and that's why sometimes people wonder if the kingdom of God is for real. The kingdom of God is here now. That power that comes at the end has broken into the middle, and yet the kingdom of God is still to come. There is a process of the spread of the kingdom of God. Why didn't Jesus just take over? You ever wonder that? Why didn't Jesus just do that thing at the end now? He could. I mean, this could happen today. For now, and that's that's his second coming. That's the, the not yet. And he'll right all the wrongs and he'll bring in the new heavens and the new earth and we'll, we'll be with him forever. But, but for now, Jesus shows us in this prayer that we are to pray the kingdom to come now. And I'll tell you why we are to pray the kingdom to come now. Because it's better. The kingdom is just better than life in a fallen world. The kingdom is where real life is given and that needs to spread and be given to a whole lot more people. It reminds me of C.S. Lewis's character in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, uh, the first book of the Narnia series. Uh, the character Aslan, if you haven't read those books, C.S. Lewis, the Narnia series, you ought to read it. Uh, if you have children, you ought to read it. I think that's me, and you probably need to be a little older, but you need to read it to your children. It might scare them to death if they're too young. Um, but Aslan, he's the Christ figure in the book, and, and I'll just read a little snippet from that book in a moment. But, but you know, the way the kingdom comes and the way this is real life that, that is coming in a fallen world through God's people reminds me of Aslan. Wherever he goes, he just pushes forth eternal spring in the midst of this frozen horrible world that that stands for the fallen world and the white witch that stands for the for satan and 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 the 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 dominion over this world everywhere aslan goes it's just like pushing forth eternal spring and there's flora and there's beauty and and all of this vitality that just happens where he goes and so I read to you from The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe and, and just to kind of put some things together, suddenly there was green grass. I mean, this was where it was winter all the time. They hadn't ever seen grass. 
There was green grass and there were yellow flowers and sunlight was coming through the trees and and it warmed them and the smells were wonderful, wafting on a comfortable breeze. And, And Edmund, one of the three children, was captive to the white witch and he was held captive by a little mean little dwarf. And um, and he wondered what was happening to this frozen winter world of the White Witch. And he had felt hopeless, and now something was changing. And suddenly the dwarf said out loud as he stopped, This is no thaw, he says. This is no thaw. This is spring. What are we to do? And he said to the White Witch, Your winter has been destroyed. I tell you, this is Aslan's doing. And the white witch said, if either one of you ever speaks that name again, you will be killed immediately. But it's too late. It's too late because the kingdom of God is now, the the kingdom of God brings life and vitality and real life. You know, I remember very well not understanding the gospel until I got to college. And I remember hearing the gospel and God opening my eyes to his love and what he had done for me and and all that, that trying to figure out and all that failure and all of that everything got exchanged for simple faith in what God himself came to do to rescue me. And I put my trust in Jesus who took my sins upon himself and dealt with my sins on the cross and dealt with my death spiritually through the resurrection. And you know, I put my trust in Him. I remember when the kingdom of God came into my heart. And you know something else I remember? I remember at that time, and I had lots of interest. Look, I I had been in a fraternity. I had lived that life that's supposed to be the, the high point of your life. I tell you, it's not. The kingdom of God is what is most beautiful and best, and I tell you, the, the corresponding thing that I remember just feeling so deeply is we have to get the kingdom of God to more people. We got to see this kingdom of God grow and spread because there is beauty where the gospel goes and the kingdom grows. But you know, not only is, is Christ saying, You need to pray this because it's better. It's what I want to do. It's my kingdom. It's my will. But we really need this prayer. We kind of need the reminder. We need this prayer regularly. Martin Luther wrote a little book called A Simple Way to Pray. And he said, you know, believers ought to use the, pray the Lord's Prayer every single day. That they're, one of the prayers that they pray every single day ought to start this way. Our Father who art in heaven. Why? Because not only is that the model prayer, but we need to be reminded, we need to inhabit each part of this prayer and in, let that prayer inform our prayer lives. And, you know, we need it for another reason. And here it is that sometimes deep down, we might not really be sure in our hearts whether we want the kingdom of God to come today. We just need Jesus' words to pray. Just, just hey, I know I love you and you need to pray this. Your kingdom come. Your will be done And uh, sometimes we're not sure if we want the kingdom of God to come. It reminds me of of what St. Augustine prayed when he was young. Lord, give me chastity, but not yet. You know, it's just kind of that feeling. 
It's kind of that feeling where maybe God's will for my life won't be as good as my will for my life. Um, We wonder whether God, at the end of the day, is really going to come through for us or whether we need to take control and bring our kingdom to bear to, to, uh, to ensure that we get what we think we want. But this prayer says that God is our Father. And y'all need to go online and listen to Lee's sermon from last week on our Father. In fact, go back two weeks. Listen to the, if you, this is your first time with the Lord's Prayer. Well, catch up. This prayer says God is our Father. And y'all, He knows what we need. He loves us. He is our Abba Father. And this prayer says, pray for the kingdom to come and His will to be done. Are you ready for this? On earth, in our lives, here in, 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 in this growing kingdom, on earth, as it is in heaven. There it is. There it is. That, that is how we can know that God's will is best because God's will for our lives, Jesus says, as we pray for His will rather than ours, as we, we pray for His kingdom rather than ours, that His will is literally a piece of heaven being given right into our lives, being given right into His church, being given right into the situation. Isn't that, isn't that a wonderful thought? I don't think if we saw a piece of heaven, so to speak, I don't think we'd say, we don't want that. We just want to breathe that in. That's beauty. That's rest. That's joy. That's purpose. That's peace. And the kingdom is, and living the kingdom, is what wholeness looks like. It's what shalom, wholeness looks like and it's all that god's grace and love and care are to be for us that's the kingdom of god that comes to us and through us that's the will of god for our lives and you know we can repent of our self-focus just by kind of living inside the lord's prayer a little bit and seeing this we can repent of our self-focus and gain a kingdom po- focus. And, 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 and maybe as we repent, maybe as we line up with the kingdom and with this heart of a father for us again, maybe we can start loving people more than using people. Maybe we can see their needs more than only our own. It's the kingdom for you. It's the kingdom through you to other others and it, and it's through you and it's for our families and it and it's for our workplaces and it's for our schools it's for the greater Jackson area that that we in this church we don't we want the greater Jackson area not just our own hearts to to be more like heaven as in heaven let it be here and we know We know that it is the gospel. We know that it is Christ who has come and the kingdom that has come brokered in our hearts and through our hearts that brings that. Jesus says, pray that. So that's the first thing. Pray the kingdom. But Jesus also has this idea of the will of God being done, of something happening to live the kingdom. 
You know, I don't know what you, you think of when you think of the kingdom, but I think a lot of us kind of think of like, when we think of the kingdom, we think of big things like mission trips. Now that's the kingdom. Or mercy projects. You know, where a bunch of us get together and we help some folks that really need it. Now that's the kingdom. You know, we, we kind of think structural and we think big things. Not so. I mean, that is the kingdom. But that's, that's not the only thing that's the kingdom. Sometimes we, we kind of feel that the kingdom of God, because that's really important, and that's the big stuff. That's what the professionals do on our behalf. That's what the preachers do. That's what the missionaries do. That's what the people with the gift of evangelism do. Or, you know, whatever it is with these, these, uh, these really spiritual, skilled people. But that's not what Jesus taught about the kingdom of God. In Luke 17, verses 20 and 21, he was asked, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. Remember the day of the Lord? That's what they were asking about. Luke 17, 20, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would finally come, Jesus answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that you can observe nor will they say look here it is or there behold there it is for behold jesus said the kingdom of god is in your midst the kingdom of god is within you well, that just kind of brings it down from all this lofty professional big idea kind of stuff right down to God living within us, God working in us and gifting us and working through us and gifting through us. The kingdom of God is within you. And I'm so glad that Jesus said the kingdom of God is in our hearts because it underscores the everyday need for our realignment in our hearts with the kingdom of God, to be able to live out the will of God. Now, for you personally, praying the kingdom to come might just look like realizing that that, that need for realignment, that need to repent of, of, of selfishness. Of, of Maybe you say, Lord, I, okay, I, I'm going to say it to you. I'm off. I'm way off. I'm pursuing my own. And I want, I want to repent. I want to turn and I, I, I want to realign with the kingdom. I mean, maybe we could ask it this way. How do people like us, like me and you, how do busy people, people distracted with all their stuff and their sin, really enjoy and live in and convey this, this kingdom of God thing? How do we live it? You know, uh, one of the, the small things in this life that I am thankful for is something called lifetime alignment. You know, when we first moved here, one of the things you have to do, you know, you got to find a dentist, you got to find a doctor, and you got to find a tire store, especially if you have daughters. <laughs> They're rough on tires. They're rough on cars. And so, uh, so I was getting my... My car aligned. You know, the, the Yazoo clay and the roads are awful. 
Like, you want, you want, you want to hear about a good business in Mississippi? It's realigning cars. <laughs> because these roads are terrible. <laughs> so I went to get my car realigned because about three weeks after I moved here, it was out. And this guy said, he said, have you ever heard of lifetime alignment? I said, no, what is lifetime alignment? He said, well, if you just pay double for your alignment today, if you pay double the price, you can come in any time as long as you own this vehicle and get an alignment for free. I said, for real? Yeah. I said, all right, sign me up. Here's my credit card. Well, it seems like every time people not to be mentioned we come home from college <laughs> one of the first things we do is go to that tire store and i would go in and i would say one of my daughters we we know the tire people one of my daughters got back from college you go he goes you need an alignment don't you <laughs> I said, yes i need alignment and uh and we get it aligned and aligned and balanced and everything man it's just good to get in your car when it's been realigned and it's been rotated and balanced you know you you're kind of heading home you're thinking man this thing is running right man there's just a joy in lifetime alignment (laughs) well i want you to know something jesus has purchased lifetime alignment for you It's just whether we're going to bring our broken souls in to this Father who loves us, this God of grace. It's whether we're going to trust in His goodness, whether we're going to trust in His will for us and bring our broken souls in for repair. And it's one of the reasons that Jesus gave us this prayer so we could be changed, realigned away from our kingdom to God's kingdom, realigned away from our will to God's will and that His will might be done in our lives as it is in heaven. So now a gift to us through our lives as it is in heaven, so in the lives of people we know and love. Amy Carmichael wrote in a poem called Even Like a Weaned Child. I think the book is called Mountain Breezes, if I remember correctly. She was a missionary to India. She said, And shall I pray to change thy will, my Father, until it fits me? No, Lord. No. That shall never be. Rather, I pray thee bend my human will to thine. Just that pressure of alignment for grace, for goodness, for shalom, for kingdom. The same way Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. You remember what Jesus prayed? Father, if there's any other way, let this horrible cup of suffering pass from me. Remember what Jesus said? Nevertheless, Father, not my will, but thine be done. Even Jesus, who taught us to pray this, lived it out, showed us what this looks like and you know every prayer really every valid prayer is a variation on the theme thy will be done thy kingdom come as it is in heaven so when you turn on the news and you see terrorism pray god can we have more of heaven down here could you bring change that comes from you 
and peace that comes from you down here. And when we see domestic abuse or cancer or AIDS or hatred or injustice, we can pray boldly, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when we pray for the kingdom to come, we act out on that prayer. The will of God for you is to live out the kingdom. That's the connection between your kingdom come, your will be done. God's will for us is the kingdom in us and through us. As in heaven, so on earth. And it's basically a prayer that we will live in the wholeness of the gospel and spread it and therefore bring glory to God through our lives as we represent, show and tell Jesus and his kingdom to others. So I want to close by reading to you from Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. And what this is as we close, and then we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together, okay, as the closing prayer of the sermon, all right? Every week from here on out, we're going to say the Lord's Prayer together, and then we'll, we'll sing and, and, then, and then go. But this is Paul's longing for our lives to be centered in Christ and the beauty of Christ's love and the kingdom and all God, that God wants to do. It's Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. For this reason, Paul says, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all, that, sur- that surpasses all understanding. And that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And then he says this. Now unto him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. According to the power that is at work in us. To him be glory and in in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. And so can we say it's printed in your bulletin? If you need a little help with it, can we say as we finish worship together today, the Lord's Prayer. Let's pray. All together out loud. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And, O Lord, we pray that even today you would give us some of the rest and some of the joy of your kingdom. In Jesus' name.